this is old guy not understanding technology talk so you know get your laugh get get your laughing muscles ready warmed up are you gonna call it tapes yeah yeah tapes (laughs) well no can i video record i listen to my music on apple music now instead of spotify but the thing is is that i came from the spotify environment where the music and the podcasts are all in one place yes so silly me thought oh the podcasts must be in Apple Music too, and they're not. They aren't. They're, they're in a completely separate app. It's really nice. And that once you I know figured that. that out, you know, it was like, oh, okay. Hopefully, they've part ported that over to Apple CarPlay, and they have. Oh yeah. So that was the end of that. So I just fired it up. Yeah. So I'm listening to. I don't know if you've heard of this podcast. Did you know that there's. Half a million to a million new podcasts every year. Not a surprise. Yeah. So podcasts are the new blogs. So one you're going to say, I've never heard of it. Well, maybe. (laughs) Okay. Smartless. Nope. Okay. I only heard about it because uh, I had read it numerous, read about it numerous times on other media. Sure. Um, It was a project put together by Jason Bateman. Well, yeah, you Will talked about Arnett this right, right. and Sean Hayes. Right, right, right. Uh, they started it up as a project to overcome the fact that nobody could do anything together mm-hmm. during COVID. So they basically Zoomed with each other while talking about shit and then decided we should interview people and just have them on another Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the their shtick is each person takes their turn inviting a guest and the other two don't know who it is until they reveal it's it's entertaining um so yeah so that's what i've been listening to yeah it's uh it's it's given me inspiration about our podcast because Mm -hmm. i see that we're kind of you know establishing our own kind of rhythm and our own kind of little trademark things that we do during each episode, you know, with the music and the and the theme, the themes and the the book review, and sometimes we talk about other entertainment things like music or movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. I would like to talk about music um, a little bit this time around. No, all right, fine. Just yeah, I, um... I'll, wait, I'll wait till he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not over. <laughs> Make, make your own podcast. Um, I only listen to uh, comedy podcasts, and it's usually only ones when it's a guest that I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but your mom's house, or the Honeydew, or uh, these are names of podcasts. Yeah, your mom's house. Yeah, Harlan sounds Highway. intriguing. It's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Harlan Williams. His podcast mm-hmm. is wild. Bad Friends. Yeah, I don't really listen to anything else. Mm-hmm. Well, there's only so many hours in a day. Yeah, and it's so... It's even rare that I watch. And it's I watch them. I don't listen to podcasts. I watch them. It's so much more engaging than mm-hmm. just listening. Yeah. Yeah, so... Because if I'm going to listen to something, it's usually an audio book. Right. Because it's pure subject matter that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. But, not always. But Yeah. But that's where I got all my uh, inspiration as well, is what I liked or disliked about the comedy podcasts, all based around, um, yeah, just what I like, like what I think people like listening to, and based on how many people watch or subscribe to those podcasts right. because of the different things that they do. But cool. All right, music. What do you want to talk about? Oh, we're not there yet. We're not. Well, we're oh, not there yet. We need the right time. First, we need to do the episode thirty. This is episode thirty. Welcome to episode. 30. Begin. Yes, exactly. <laughs> did you get any feedback about how we ended the last one? I did. And laughter. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so episode 30 of...
is that? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm uh, practicing to play a didgeridoo. Do you um, own a didgeridoo? Yeah, I got cardboard tubes in. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, we do that all the time. We do that all the time. No, I do not. As soon as the paper towel roll is empty, one end goes to the mouth and it's like... Yeah, yeah. I usually beat my child with it. Like a sword. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. We have swords. Like, not real swords. Foam swords. But still, they look real. Why are you one-upping my story? Does, uh, does it feel not, good to do that? Not Should doing it on purpose. Well, check yourself. Check your privilege. All right. <laughs> <sighs> do you want to? Uh, do you have any anything to report on the book side of things? It's not a trick question. I don't know if I want to talk to you about it now. You're just going to tell me how much better your book is. Um, I'm just trying to think about, like I read. I can't remember what I said last time, but... Well, you were traumatized. Oh, about how awful yeah, that fucking yeah. book was. Yeah, right. And then I read... Yeah, because I said that I just wanted something just to, real yeah. bubblegum right. to read. So I did. It was a sequel. So it's a six-part uh, series. And the books are short, and it's a post-apocalyptic world... About a dude and a lady. Um, originally, it was trying to find this lady's son, and it's just violent and it's just it's ridiculous. Does it have a name? Uh, the Voyager. No, is it the Voyager series? Each one of the books has got a name, but there are only single words like right. wall or canyon right. or shit like that. Yeah. Um, by a guy named Tom Abrahams. And they're not good, but they're fucking great. You read it and you're like, oh, I can't stop reading this. <laughs> <laughs> so I read four of those. You just eat through them because there's nothing to them. And then I started a, the second book to a series that I read. I started a while ago by the author Greg Isles. It's the uh, Bone Tree Trilogy. It's about... Some racists in the Mississippi and Louisiana, and the there's racists in the Mississippi. Yeah, there's a couple, <laughs> one or two, one or two, not I... many. <laughs> um, and it's just a, a tangled web of mystery, general fiction. Hmm. Yeah, it's but I can't stop reading it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's what I'm reading now. This is a little bit of a detour, but speaking of racists in the southern states, did you ever see the series True Detective? No. I highly recommend it. It's it's pretty amazing. I've heard of it. But yeah. Yeah, but no, I never was, watched it. It was uh, really deep, like cool. serious. Gave me a whole new perspective of both Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. Oh. And I was just like, what the hell, man? Like, wow. Because they acted the shit out of that series. Yeah, yeah. Kind of put them in a whole new, you know, mm -hmm. realm. No, it was really good. I can't wait to watch the next one when it's made available on streaming. So that's it, eh? That's your uh, book that's uh, it, report? Yeah, I've only read five books in the last two weeks, yeah. No, that's it, eh? No big deal. I finished that... Um, <laughs> I finished... I can't keep up with that. Um, I finished The Children of Time. Oh, yeah, right. And I was going to start the second book, but then I made the mistake of starting to read reviews about Ew. the second book. Ooh. And they weren't bad. That That's not what made my mind up. It's mm. n None of the reviews were bad about the second or even the third book. Mm. It's just that someone who wrote the review like they were trying to be as neutral and as fair as possible said look if you really enjoyed the first story you're probably going to like the second one too because it's basically the same thing just with different players mm -hmm. same arc same idea same kind of shit happens uh you know and you're kind of curious to see how it's all going to work out. And it all works out basically the same as it did in the first book. 
So if you're looking for something unique about the second go-round, you're going to be disappointed. And I thought about that for about 30 seconds, and I thought, no. If I'm going to continue this series, I want new story, not rehash of the, of the original story. So I just said, no, nope. moving on, because, you know, there's a lot of other books that I can be reading. And so I took a detour uh, into another potential series, but started off with um, Revelation Space by Alastair Reynolds, another British author. And um, so this one's a little harder, you know, the kind of story where you have to kind of almost reread some passages mm -hmm. to sort of get everything you need to get out of it because it's a little bit harder science, a lot more going on, a lot more reading between the lines. So it's a much slower read for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's... How far into that are you? Uh... 12 percent. Oh, so having yeah, started. No, barely. And uh, there's a lot of jumping around in the story, too, so that doesn't It's going to be a long, intense, world-building series. Yeah. That's what I find with books, that the first book just bounces a lot and establishes characters and settings. Yeah. It's like, this is going to be intense. The problem, unfortunately, is that it's not just establishing characters. The whole the whole culture of society right. is way different from anything our, our mind could easily latch on to, unless maybe you're a fan and a regular reader of, uh, what's his name, who, did the, who, who, who started to make cyberpunk stories. The... The necromant? Or yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah. the author's name. Yeah, but you know who I mean. Yeah, I do. Yeah, if you're reading his stuff, then this might be considered lighter reading. Right. But if you've never written any, or read, bleh, if you've never read anything that hard, mm -hmm. then it's a, it's a bit of a struggle because there's a lot of shit going on and not a lot of explanation at first as to... Right. What's that all about? What's this all about? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's ridiculous. So it'll be interesting to see how the book goes and um, whether it becomes uh, an enjoyable read or not. This episode's topic: more food. the The name of the the name of the episode is between bread. Between bread. Yeah, between bread. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you called it sandwich chat. That just yeah. seemed too obvious to me. But, you know, I did put them both out there, so let them decide. How? Which what? title? Huh? What? How could they possibly do that? Well, You're going to title it first. And no one's going to comment. <laughs> oh, no, eh? Okay. <laughs> Who comments? I don't know. On YouTube, I think you get a couple. Maybe. Do you? Yeah. Have you checked? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not lately, okay. but I've checked. Yeah. yeah. I know it exists. <laughs> <laughs> No, I wanted. We decided we were going to talk about um, sandwiches, sandwiches we like. Carl thought I was fucking like. retarded when I suggested it. I did. You did. Let's not pretend. Oh, we can talk about that for ten minutes. Well, no, yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. So, did that sound like I said it was retarded? Yes. No, it yep. sounded like I didn't think we had enough material to talk for you know a full episode about sandwiches, and then you reminded me, uh, you know quite firmly that, well, you talked for 40 minutes about burgers, so, like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I was like, okay, point taken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fucking retarded, Kyle. Yeah, I know. I almost called you Kyle, so I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> that'd be pretty fucking retarded. <laughs> um, um, so, w what do you like? Sandwiches. What kind? Do, 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 do. What kind are your favorites? That's a stupid question. Because there's no right or wrong answer. Sandwich is a... Well, like, there's sandwiches you like, and then there's sandwiches you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy this. I do not know if that is the truth. Really? Yeah, there's not... I don't think there's a sandwich I don't like. Yeah, but if I'm given a choice of five different sandwiches... 
I'm probably going to want one of them more than the other four. Yeah. Unless I've been having that kind regularly and I'm just tired of it. Right. Right. Like, well, I don't know how things are in your house. How often do you eat sandwiches? You know, it's feast or famine. Right. Right now I'm in feast. Oh. I've had a sandwich every day for the last three days. Hmm. Which, and before that, months. And months and right. months. Right. Yeah. Before celiac disease, sandwiches were my jam. Like right. that, I just made them mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. And experimented and did weird things. Mm-hmm. and tried, and, But then when I decided to adhere to the diet and bread options dried up, I... Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't do so many because it just wasn't nearly as satisfying. What kind of bread can you eat? I mean, I know gluten free, but I wouldn't know a, <laughs> I wouldn't know a gluten free loaf of bread if I tripped over it. Like so, basically, any any bread that's made from wheat, you you probably I cannot. Can't, you can't have. No way. Mm-mm. So what the hell kind of bread is not made rice? Or oh god, that must taste special. It used to be awful, but things have changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not Wonder Bread, right. for sure. Right. But it's it's very passable. Like it it'll do. You know, it's if you want to enjoy a sandwich or a piece of toast or something, then yeah, it's it's good. See, as much as I was raised on plain white bread mm-hmm. growing up, mm-hmm. once I was living on my own, especially once I met Darlene. I wanted to try other breads. Sure. So, you know, rye, pumpernickel, mm-hmm. the kind with grains in them, whatever, you know, everybody's yep. got their own name for them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Except that, you know, I try, or the I find that those kinds of breads are only suitable for certain types of sandwiches, certain types of fillings. Like, I mean, if you're going to have a Montreal smoked meat sandwich, you've got to have it on a rye bread or a pastrami or something like that. Whereas if I'm having like uh, just sliced roast ham, I'll take it on white bread, but I would prefer it on, you know, a rye or a pumpernickel or, or a sourdough or something like that. So, but yeah. So you don't have any like super favorite sandwiches. If I you know, said, I give really, me your top five, I love this sandwich. Yeah. Okay. Well, grilled cheese. Yeah. Peanut butter and jam. Mm-hmm. Peanut butter and banana. My mom was into that, but I never, I never Fuck. got into it. The banana's got to be a little bit old. Well, yeah, because it's sweeter. The riper it is, the sweeter it is. Don't, don't fucking tell me how I like my bananas and what. No, I'm just trying to suggest why I think you like them more. <laughs> you don't need to suggest. I'm a grown ass <laughs> man. I know what I like in a banana. It's the potassium, you dick. <laughs> and the sugar, apparently. It's the sugar, I love it. Um, <laughs> you're being mean. What else? Just uh, a plain old deli meat kind of sandwich. Yeah, bologna. I do love bologna. A toasted bologna sandwich. Toasted. Fuck oh, yeah! Oh god! It's the only way to do a toasted uh, a bologna sandwich is toasted. That just doesn't ring appetizing for me. But that's me. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to mix it up, only toast one side of the bread and put the toasted bit in the middle, like facing inside. So you get the soft bit when you bite into it and it doesn't cut the roof of your mouth and just... Yeah, well, for what it's worth, even anything that I do like toasted, I don't like it super toasted. Like I prefer it as... No, no, like scrape the roof of, of your mouth too rough toast. I don't like that. I don't like dark toast. Dark toast. (laughs) Racist. Um, It's toasting kind of dark. Do you like any deli meat that has bits of other things mixed into it? Like, you know, this fucking pimento or any of that shit. No, no. no, Me neither. No. No. I don't like anybody does. Those who did... Are dead we or dying. Forced, or forced to eat it as kids. Yeah, but dead or dying. Right. Because nobody's forced to eat that shit anymore. No. No. I was. Right. Yeah. I've had to have it a couple... Or like shitty processed meat with like 
chunks of cooked macaroni in it. Oh, God. Never had that. Thank Vile. God. Vile. Oh. And it probably tasted fine. It was just the... The idea. Yeah. yeah. The visual was just... Why would you put pasta in my sandwich? Yeah. Oh, God. Do you like the salads, like the chicken salad, egg salad, tuna yes. salad? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I like curry chicken salad. I like southern chicken salad. I like... I don't have enough ingredients to make a good chicken salad, mm-hmm. so I'm just mm-hmm. fucking mayonnaise and meat. Tuna? With some... Tuna is the Tuna most... is my number one. Yeah. Period. It's an incredible and, and sandwich. Yeah. Tuna salad is an art. Yeah. Because you can make it bad. Mm-hmm. You can make it glorious. My mom set the ways. standard for tuna salad. Okay. She didn't necessarily make the best kind of tuna salad, but in my mouth it was like, oh right. my God, this right. is like fucking, this must be what God serves in heaven or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's what, that's mom's job. Heaven, right? Yeah. Um, she would, like some people like putting chopped up pickles in their tuna salad. Mm-hmm. Nope, get that shit away. Uh, but she did add uh, chopped up celery mm-hmm. and a bit of green onion. Mm-hmm. And that that was fantastic because it gave it a little bit of texture, a little bit of crunch, and probably a lot more mayo than it needed. Oh, okay. It's like spackle. Except because we weren't rich, she didn't use mayo. She used Miracle Whip. Mm which made it even, you know, kind of sweet. If I'm making it, I definitely make it with mayo, but I took the cue from her in terms of how much to actually put in it because you get a tuna sandwich, you get a tuna salad sandwich at like a store or a restaurant or, you know, like a sandwich place. It's not going to have a lot of creaminess to it. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a bit on the dry side. Don't like that. Yeah, I like pickles, uh, or pickle just pickle juice if I'm not in the mood to, for pickles. Mm-hmm. Like to chop them up. Uh, sometimes some red onion. Mm. Um, uh, Louisiana hot sauce. Mm. Sometimes salt, pepper, or a good old tuna melt. Yeah, tuna melts are the best. Yeah, so you, good. You only got a couple extra minutes. Just fucking mm-hmm. put that chicken salad on a piece of bread. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm a big club sandwich guy. Oh man. Yes. But don't don't give me anything that you sliced off a fake processed roll of any kind. Don't be putting ham in it. Club sandwiches aren't supposed to have ham. They're supposed to have some kind of actual pulled poultry. Be it chicken, turkey, whatever. Makes no difference. Uh-huh. But, you know, not like pressed turkey loaf that's been cut into slices. Right. It's like, you know, something that would... A homemade club sandwich. Yeah, sliced turkey breast. You got it. Or chicken breast. Yeah. With bacon. Oh, yeah. It's got bacon, bacon, tomato, lettuce. Yep. Three pieces of bread. Mm-hmm. And a fucking toothpick. Oh, yeah. Because I'm not an animal. Yeah, I remember getting into club sandwiches. I was probably... I was probably... 20 something because parents you'd go to a cafe or something and your parents would always get one right right and you'd just be like you fucking old farts like I'm gonna get a hamburger right that's what you did and then I was like I'll try I'll try one of those and then it was get out of my way club sandwiches are the best I don't know what it was and I don't know if it's a cultural thing between different parts of the country but like I grew up in the outskirts of Montreal the typical local restaurant, sit-in and take-out, they all offered pizza, barbecue chicken, and club sandwiches. Now, they offered other things too, but those were the top three go-tos. To the point where there would be mountains of large, round, uh, aluminum foil takeout containers. The kind that you put the... Mm-hmm circle of cardboard on the on the top and then folded over the <laughs> the aluminum foil over the top and they were they 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 had the whole club sandwich thing down to an art because they'd make the sandwich they'd cut it into four triangles and then arrange them around with a bunch of home cut fries in the middle and then a little 
serving of coleslaw. But again, because I grew up in Quebec, the only coleslaw I was privy to was oil and vinegar style coleslaw, mm. not creamy coleslaw. Right. And it was good. Yeah. And then there were whole chains of restaurants that built their business on two of those three common things, the, the chicken and the club sandwich. St. Hubert, which is Quebec's version of Swiss Chalet, uh, which is why Swiss Chalet never made it into Quebec, because St. Hubert chicken pretty much saturated the market, and there was no way you were going to shake them from that particular niche. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I always equated the club sandwich with fresh home-cut fries and oil and vinegar coleslaw. So when I ended up in Kingston, Ontario, and after I met Darlene, we found this hole-in-the-wall greasy spoon restaurant right in downtown Kingston called Morrison's that had been there since probably like World War One, And they made, I have yet to find a restaurant-made club sandwich as good or better than theirs. It was unfrickin' believable, along with the fries. Come out here, and it's like nobody makes that shit. Or if they do, it's like an abomination where, you know, they substitute the chicken with ham or whatever. They used to. They used to be a lot more common. But not anymore. No, because everything's a chain out here. Yeah, unfortunately. Everything's a chain. There's not... That reminded me of what I add to my fate... I add to my sandwiches to make them my favorite, which mm-hmm. would be potato chips. Yeah, I love chips with my sandwiches. In my sandwich. Oh, in the sandwich. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. It is glorious. Yeah. Yeah. And I prefer it, it as be, a side. For it'll me. be either plain potato chips yep. or the most tart salt and vinegar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Darlene's a big salt and vinegar fan. Do you butter your bread before you put other things on it? Unlike Darlene, no. She insists on putting butter even if it's going to then have peanut butter put on the bread. She'll butter it first. Mm -hmm. And I just look at her like, what? But yeah, it's got to have butter on it. Even if there's going to be mayo or whatever, it's got to start with butter. And to me, that's just, I don't know, too much? It's delicious. Oh, of course it is. I don't do it. I don't do it. Um, but it is absolutely delicious when you do. But if you get surprised by some grandmother making you a sandwich and yeah. you take a bite and you're like, this hey, is weird. Yeah. Oh, that's butter. Yeah. And I'm yeah. licking yeah. off the yeah. roof of my mouth. Yeah. Oh, man. I almost burst into laughter when you mentioned the pickle or the pickle juice in the tuna salad because there's one thing about sandwiches, period, that Darlene cannot stand. And it's having been in contact with or been (laughs) degraded in any way with pickle or pickle juice. (laughs) And a lot of places like putting pickle as a garnish or they'll take a fucking spear of it and just like throw it on top of the sandwich and then drive a toothpick through it so that it, you know, basically tunnels the juice right down into your sandwich. She hates that mm. she hates the sandwich getting soaked in the pickle juice and now all you've got is this soggy mess that tastes like pickle so whenever we're out and we're getting any kind of a sandwich in like a you know a place other than subway or whatever where they constantly use pickle either as a garnish or a topping we have to go out of our way to tell them no pick don't don't even think about pickles when you're making this sandwich or we're sending it back but it's just so funny because she can't stand it. She cannot stand it. But and it's not that she doesn't like pickles, because if we have if we make homemade grilled cheese sandwiches, it's grilled cheese and a little bowl of pickles. She I has the be, dills, and I have the little bread and butters. I bread used to butter very sandwich. much be the same way until even in the last couple years, I've been and it was a thing that I picked up from my mom on like hamburgers from McDonald's mm-hmm. is that she would get a hamburger mm-hmm. she'd open it up take the pickle out and give it to me because mm-hmm. she didn't like pickles in her hamburger right so I just ate the pickles so then just I picked up that pickles on sandwiches were normal not cool yeah like, oh no get rid of them oh. you gotta get rid of them 
you just got to get rid of them. <laughs> and I had, like, you, I would accidentally bite into one, and just because the taste is quite... Different. Uh, well, it's, yeah, it's... Pronounced. It's, it's pronounced. Yeah. Uh, I would then stop and take it out, but I mm -hmm. never really gave it a chance. And then I did, and I was like, oh, no, this makes sense. Now... I know why there are things called sandwich pickles. Mm -hmm. You put them in there and you're like, holy fuck. Makes it incredible. Mm -hmm. Changes everything up. I've been doing like the last three days. I just, every sandwich that I made in the last three days has more and more pickles in it. <laughs> That's yeah, I know. It's so, it's funny how people get weird about what they'll put in their sandwiches. And they might put something in a sandwich under certain circumstances, but not others. Because mm -hmm. like for me... The idea of sliced pickles in a burger? Oh, yeah. Like, don't stop. Put lots of that in there. But on a sandwich, I'm just not into it. Right. I'm just not into it. Two years ago, like, they have a competition. I think I've said this before, but there was a competition about the best sandwich. And the one that won was pickles and cheese. Yeah, I'm not surprised. So good. Yep. So good. Did you ever get to experience the open-faced grilled cheese, which is basically just a piece of bread with cheese on it, uh -huh. and then you just broil it in the oven? Yeah, I did. That was a big thing when I was a kid. Yeah, I had it. It was something my mom, my mom made, and like it just, it just wasn't anything. It was just, right. What the fuck is this? Yeah. It's like, oh, it we, was don't like have, the poor we don't have any money. That's right. What that sandwich That's is. right. Yeah. That's exactly what you it can't is. E we can't afford for you to have two pieces of bread. Holy fuck. But as a kid, you're just like, this sandwich isn't very good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, are you a stickler for real cheese versus processed cheese? I like, I can, I like them both. There is a time and place for processed cheese. Mm -hmm. Like on a bologna sandwich, it definitely has a place there. Okay. Not exclusively, right? but bologna being the most processed food and processed cheese probably being the second. You I guess. With, on white bread. Yeah. You're just like eating cancer. Yeah. The whole way through, but woo. Well, you know, and for me, like, I guess, and, and this is probably true about a lot of food, I've become a bit of a food snob due to the fact that I had to eat a lot of food that only poor people ate or traditionally only poor people ate. Mm -hmm. And when I ventured out on my own, it was kind of, especially after I met Darlene, and she said, you know, why would you get that kind of food when you could have this kind of food? You know, like, right? Why would you have Salisbury steak when you could have filet mignon? And I'd be like, what's that? And she'd be like, oh my God, like, where the hell were you raised? And I'd be like, in a poor family, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, there was no Ooh. such thing as steak with no bone or fat in it. So yeah, raised on processed cheese. But then once I saw how great real cheese slices tasted in a sandwich, it was like, yeah, now it's nothing but. But at the same time, even though we were eating like Kraft singles in our sandwiches that had cheese, and I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, my mom would just make cheese sandwiches. Oh yeah. And this is what I really couldn't stand, but, you know, it's like either eat it or go go hungry. Cheese Whiz sandwiches. Yeah, that ventured oh, in a little God. bit. Oh, God. Yeah, bad. I was not a fan. No. <laughs> but when I would go to the States to spend time with my mom's family in New Jersey, they had what they referred to as American cheese. And it was like, okay, so what the fuck is that? And it looked like processed cheese to me, but it was white instead of being yeah. orange. Yeah. And I had never seen white cheese before. Right. And the thing is, is that you could buy processed American cheese. But most people wanted to get their American cheese from the butcher, or from the deli, cut from a block. And it was always good. It was always good. But yeah, now I, I don't think we've had a processed sliced cheese in our house for as long as I've known her. I bought some two years ago. Yep. I bought a package of it. Yep. And I gave a piece to my daughter. Oh, yeah. She's like, I'm not eating that. 
And I was like, you got to try a bite. Right. Just try it. Just try it. Yeah. And it took a lot of convincing. She took a bite. Yeah. And the face she made was just disgust. And her tongue hung out of her face and it fell off her tongue. She's like, I will not eat that. Right. Because my wife was absolutely just like, no, that's disgusting. They're gross. (laughs) But I've got a place in my heart about eating like craft single slices by themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're they're good. Liverwurst. Love, love, love it. Me too. Yeah. I had it as a kid. Goat. I really, I really grew to like it. Yeah. And then I remember the first time I ever tried pate. It was embarrassing for a lot of people, but not me. Because <laughs> I took my first bite of pate and I went, Hey, y'all, this is just like fancy liverwurst. <laughs> and they just looked at me like I was from another fucking planet. Like, how dare you mm. compare pate with liverwurst? No, you that's low they're, life. They're the same thing. They are. <laughs> they're exactly the same thing. Which, you know, explains why I like pate. Because it's just like liverwurst. Only... Slightly tastier. It's fancy. I don't put it on a sandwich. Oh, I did. Because well, it's I mean, so liverwurst, yes. Yeah. Pate, no. Yeah, it's, pate goes it's a on little a much. Cracker just on a spoon into your mouth, like yeah. peanut butter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I uh, uh, <laughs> the good old Elvis Presley. Right. Fried peanut butter and banana sandwich. Never had it. It. It's just a grilled cheese sandwich. Mm-hmm. But with peanut butter and banana in it. Yeah. And it's really, really very good. You can mm-hmm. see how it killed the man. They're delicious. I uh, recommend it. But you don't like banana on your peanut butter sandwich, so it might not be your... The thing favorite. is, I like the texture of melted peanut butter. Like, uh, one of my go-to to. breakfast things is toasted English muffin, and then I'll spread peanut butter on it while it's still warm. And that's amazing. So a fried, a fried peanut, butter. peanut butter sandwich would probably be... Fun. Delicious. It is, yeah, it really is. Oh, peanut butter and honey. I have had peanut butter and honey, and I love it. Yeah, it's good. But the thing is, um, my pancreas doesn't love it that much. (laughs) But I have had it. I've had it as a kid. I've had it as an adult. Yeah. It's incredible. It's really good. In fact, uh, sometimes when I'm at a breakfast place, if they've got one of those dispensers where there's like 15 kinds of jam... You know, packets all jammed in there. If I'm in the mood for something different, I'll just grab a couple of peanut butters and a couple of honeys, and I'll just basically spread that shit on the toast that came with the breakfast and have that as my side. And it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Even just honey. Mm-hmm. Yep. Monte Cristos are good. I enjoy no, What Monte is a Monte Cristo? Monte Cristo is a sandwich with a, uh, black forest ham. Sounds good. Or so honey fun. ham, either one, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Um, white cheese. It might be provolone, okay. maybe. Okay. And um, with Thousand Island dressing on it. Oh, right. And, uh, or is that a Reuben? No, I think I got it. And the, the bread... got sauerkraut. Right. Yeah. And the bread is like French toast. Oh. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Mm, sounds good. It's really very, very good. I am a huge fan of Montreal smoked meat sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Having grown up in Montreal, mm-hmm. I mean, it was everywhere. Don't get a lot of that out here. Not anymore. There used to be a place we used to be able to get them on McLeod Trail, Cafe Metro, till they closed. And now it's like <clears throat> there are places that say they're serving Montreal smoked meat, but they're not. It's just pastrami, and they're just charging a little bit extra for it. So that's all I gotta say about sandwiches. Really? You just giving up that quick? Well, I went oh. through my list and I've covered everything. You? Fine. No, I'm no. fine, Carl. Whatever. <laughs> I need to talk about it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make time to talk about some tunes. Oh, God. Right. Now's the time. Yeah, all right. Let's, uh... I found something today. Alfonso... No, Alfredo Rodriguez. It's Latin jazz. Hmm. And the album in particular is 
the Alfredo Rodriguez trio. Okay. And it's fucking wild. It's so smooth and good and crazy. Got a piano player that's phenomenal, a drummer that's great, and a bass player who, he's fucking wild. Mm -hmm. But he also plays the guitar. Mm -hmm. Plays them both mm -hmm. in one song. Mm -hmm. So he switches. Mm -hmm. It's fucking neat. It's neat. It's Where are they from? Cuba. Okay. So, well, the bass player's from Brazil, I guess, and the other two guys are from Cuba. Mm-hmm. So, but they are Cuban men. Well, they, yeah. And I just discovered them today, actually. Nice. Yeah. And it is wonderful. It's super smooth. That's it. Not a lot of music on the docket lately. Right. Oh, well, music's always on the docket for me. Yeah. And I'm always looking for new stuff. Right. But, um, yeah. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to blow my whole wad on one episode. I'll probably limit myself to three or four artists that I want to mention yeah. and save the rest for another time. Yeah. Did I mention uh, the lady from Poland? Is that what the ha name of the Hania, band is? Hania Rani? Huh? What? Is that the name of the band? No. Like lady from Poland? No. No, I don't know anything about Hania Rani. Hania... Rani, and apologies if I'm not pronouncing it properly, she's she's originally from Poland. Well, she's yeah, a bit of is. a, she's a classically trained um, musician, focuses on uh, piano slash synthesizer. And her, her music is an acquired taste. It's, it's very... Um, Pickles on sandwiches. Yeah, like, I mean, if I was going to try and compare her to other artists that people might have heard of, she's kind of like a chilled-out Vangelis. Mm. Very, um, actually, cross Tori Amos with Vangelis, and that's kind of what she's like. But, you know, like, Tori Amos is v very angry, very loud. Hers is much calmer, much more atmospheric, um... But just, it's, the, her music is as much about the spaces between the notes as the notes themselves, if that makes any sense. Damn it. And uh, the best way to, the best way to be introduced to this artist is not even to listen to one of her studio albums, but to go on YouTube and look up Hania Rani, H-A-N-I-A Rani, R-A-N-I live at Invalide in Paris. It's an outdoor concert, and not only is she playing notes on the synthesizer, she's also playing the synthesizer's envelope, the sound envelope itself, by tweaking the, the, the controls and everything, which is not something you see artists do very often. Mostly... They set up their mu their sounds in advance and maybe switch between sounds and then play the keyboard. She's playing the whole instrument as an instrument live, and it's, it's really something to behold. Never mind the fact that she's got a pretty amazing voice. So that's, that's, that's one. Um, you must have heard of Boards of Canada. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people have, but in case any listeners have not, um, I would direct them to the album Music Has a Right to Children, which I think is the most clever album title in the history of album titles. It's pretty nice. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of really solid tracks on that particular album that are uh, fairly easy to digest considering their genre of music which is very electronica, a lot of, lot of noise and glitch and... Um, you know why they're called Boards of Canada, yeah? No. They envisioned their music style uh, as in being inspired by the music that used to accompany National Film Board's... Oh, yeah. Canadian... Um, what, what was those things called that... Would be in between heritage moments. Yeah, heritage. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. You know, 
yeah. the, the Canadian loon. You know, they'd last for like about a minute and a half, two minutes. Yeah. The music that would accompany those little vignettes right. uh, is what inspired the kind of music that they wanted to make. That's cool. So, uh, yeah, Boards of Canada. Music has a right to children. Start there and if you like what, you're, like what you hear, branch out from there. I think a lot of people are familiar with Alabama Shakes. But, Probably. But the lead singer, Brittany Howard, went out on her own and produced her own solo albums. Mm-hmm. And, like, I loved Alabama Shakes. Well, Brittany Howard on her own is even, like, ten times better. Ten times? Ten times. Uh, you hear that, out, people? Ten. Check, check out the album Gem. Or, I don't know how she would pronounce it, Jame, J-A-I-M-E. But uh, you'll probably recognize a few songs from that album. Uh, Stay High probably being the most recognizable one. Probably my favorite song of the last decade. Because it's just so upbeat and emotional. It just brings a, a smile to my face and a tear to my eye at the same time. It's just so good. And the last one I'll talk about this time around is Caroline Rose. She's kind of a post-punk sort of a female singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, her, her best album uh, is Loner. There's a couple of real gems on there. Or jams. Some jams. <laughs> or whatever. Or however Some jams. J-A-I-M's. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, well, no, that was Brittany Howard. I know. Smartass. I thought you were talking about jams. No. Come listen to some jams. I'm not. I'm not doing that. Okay. So, yeah, Caroline Rose, loner. Check it out. Why? What did she sound like? Post? Post-punk. Did you say post-punk? What? Yeah. Sort post, of a... So post-punk, like, what, country music? Or no, 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 not well, country. What's, what's post-punk? Um, I don't know. It's okay. It's just a label. It's it's a she's, I, I can I, I can't really I can't really do a good job classifying her music I guess so post punk was the closest that I could come to, it's definitely not pop, or if it is it's avant garde pop, mm-hmm. you know it's it's sort of along the lines of, uh, uh, sort of along the lines of. Who else does she remind me of? St. Vincent, but less electronic. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't know. Like, what would you classify St. Vincent? Like, she's definitely not pop. I don't know. It's it's out there. Well, I had no idea this was coming, so I wasn't prepared with albums to talk about to tell other people to yeah, listen to. it's all to. good. So I'm going to shoot contest. from the hit. It's okay. always a contest. Oh, okay. We're it's men. That's what we do. I'm okay. Gonna, I'm going to win anyway. No, no one's hurting your music. No, no one's hurting. That's the point. No. No, no one has heard of it. You're just using... I'm bringing the spotlight to the You're just using fucking meme genres to catch people. You probably work for a record label or some shit. You know, it's post-punk meets most modern fucking... Speaking of memes... Can I... Yeah, you. Well, no, go ahead. It. What is it? No, no, it's just you brought you brought something. That I said the word head. mean. That's all I did. An idea. Okay, okay. Did you ever um, see the YouTube video? Um, everything is. Oh, oh, this is a good story so far. I think it's called "Everything is a co- Everything is a Copy" or "Everything is a Meme." Yeah, fuck off with your little fucking wow. After hang on. Wow. And you know what, Carl? Leave it in. Oh, yeah, you don't edit this fucking Fine. nonsense. I will. I, I'm not. I'm not embarrassed about it. You should be. That's a senior moment. Everything. Is Everything. A remix. Everything is a remix, and it's written. It's produced by Kirby Ferguson. It's one of the most intriguing pieces of content I've ever seen on YouTube, because he shows how. Everything we've been enjoying in pop culture, whether it's music, movies, or whatever, there's nothing new. It's all sequels and copies 
and direct inspirations from other things that have been around forever and you know basically trying to make the point of why are we trying to hold ourselves back with stupid copyright laws when just about everything that's been made is, inspira is inspired by other things that have been made previously. And it's, yeah, I saw another, um, another episode of that series, Everything is a Meme. And it was fantastic because, yeah, they were showing some, he was making some pretty good points. What are you saying? Your music, please. Yeah, whatever. You said you were going to wing it and you still I am winging it. You still think you're going to beat my uh, suggestions? I don't know if I am or not. Not that it's a contest. I, I know. This first album is called Chocolate and Cheese by Ween. Okay. Highly recommended. Ween is an incredible band. Um, two dudes. Mm -hmm. It'll be three dudes, but the drummer uh, has changed. But their, their albums are inspired by drugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When they make the albums, they take a specific drug, a lot of it. Oh, really? And then they make the album. I didn't know that. And it's very good. I mean, I've heard of the band, but I didn't know that about them. Yep. So, Chocolate and Cheese. Okay. They're all, all every Ween album is different because of that. Yeah. Like, significantly different. All fucking weird, all wild. So um, what were they on when they made this album? You know what I don't oh, I don't okay. actually know. <laughs> Chocolate or cheese? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, Chocolate and cheese. That's the rumor I've heard. I've never right. substantiated that. I have no fucking idea. But right. you look at Dean Ween, mm -hmm. like that's actually his name, mm -hmm. and he's pretty cooked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's a phenomenal guitar player, but you know that he's. He's seen parts of the universe. How would you describe this album uh, to the uninitiated? Maybe post-punk or... Uh... <laughs> no, I've heard... I think I've heard some of earlier Ween stuff. This was... Weren't, weren't they this the ones from made the sweater song? What? No, I'm thinking of someone else. Then. No, what did you say? The sweater song? No, that's Weezer. Oh, Weezer. Okay. No. Uh, I don't know how you would describe... Like... My second recommendation f falls under the same category because I was inspired by your inability to articulate a genre of music for a band. So I, two bands popped into my head that can't be classified, mm -hmm. really. And one of them is Ween, and the second one is Primus. Oh, yeah, I've heard of and, that. And uh, the album would be Seas, They've been around Seas of Cheese, yes. Yeah. Seas of Cheese is a phenomenal album. Uh, pork soda, which comes <laughs> after that, was also great, um, but it seems like people uh, like Seas of Cheese more. Hmm. My first introduction to them was with pork soda, and it was uh, well. I remember. Primus, I love them now. Primus had a hit there. Well, call it. Why known as Big Brown Beaver? Why known as Big Brown Beaver? They sure did. Yep. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can find one more. So these titles, these two titles you just mentioned, are they relatively recent titles? Oh, no. They're very old. Okay. Chocolate and Cheese was in 94. Mm -hmm. Seas of Cheese was probably 92, oh, wow. 93. Mm. I clicked off it now, so I'm not exactly sure. And to go along with the inability to um, give them a genre is that if you remember, like in Winamp, you could, you still can do it with ID3 tags. You mm -hmm. like label them and you mm -hmm. pick the genre. Mm -hmm. The genre for Primus is picked is Primus. Right. That's, they get their own genre. Yeah, they get their own it's, genre. Because of course they do. Because of course they do. They were, are really very, very good. Now, hold on here. If the next album has the word cheese in it, I'm going to lose my shit. Any album by the artist of Richard Cheese? <laughs> He's good. He's funny. Isn't he the? Isn't he the artist that kind of like uh, takes existing songs and regenres them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, turns them to swing. Yeah. Or jazz. Yeah. And, yeah. Dick I, Cheese. He's great. You um, 
you clued me into him many years ago, and I oh really a, yeah yeah it's I took a listen to him, and I, I I listened to a few of his songs, and I was like, hmm, well that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> not my thing, but yeah, no, it's I more see, funny I than anything. I can see the uh, appeal. <laughs> what about Cake? Yeah, I was never a real big fan, no? but mostly because I was snobby. Okay, with grunge music, and mm-hmm. Cake came out at that time, and they were. Not, but they were kind of grungy, but eh, and it was just like this is stupid. Oh. So I never really gave them a chance. There's some songs of theirs that I just love. I bet you, yeah, I, I've never really given them a chance. My favorite song of theirs is "Tougher Than It Is," a definite or "Rock and Roll Lifestyle." Rock and Roll Lifestyle is beautiful because it just takes the piss out of anybody who pretends to be. A music fan. Right. And is just doing it for show. Right. It's, Basically like I just oh, described yeah, myself. It's yeah. so good. Okay, and the last one for me okay. will be the band King Crimson. Oh, yeah. And the album In the Court of the Crimson oh, King. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah. Phenomenal. They're, uh, prog rock. They're in the midst or have finished making a special Mm-hmm. King Crimson. They got back together. They did. Just fighting like crazy with each other just to try to keep it civil. Robert Fripp. Every once in a while, Robert Fripp post gets dumped on my YouTube feed or, or my oh, Facebook really? feed. Oh, yeah. Cool. It's crazy. That's weird. He's, he's, been, he's been putting little clips online with his wife. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's uh, insane. Funny. He's, a, he's, he's weird. He's good. Well, he's yeah. good. Though. He's good though. He's a great guitarist. He's a great yeah. The Court of the Crimson King. That was kind of way outside of my circle of musical influence growing up. I didn't discover Crimson uh, King Crimson until later. Right. Um, and it took me a while to understand just how influential they were oh. of a band in their time. Because I was listening to songs of theirs that were covered by other people, not even realizing they were the like 21st century schizoid man. Right. Uh, April Wine did that, and I thought, "Wow, this is a wicked song." Totally out of, totally out of, uh, you know, the realm of what they normally do. Only to find out, dumbass, it's a King Crimson song, and I'm like, "What? Who's King Crimson?" And I was, yeah. Listen to the original and go, yeah, okay, the April Wine version is crap. Yeah. It's total crap. Nice try, little pop divas, but no, sorry. Your your little concert tweens might like it, but back in the day, but... Concert tweens. Concert tweens. But yeah, the original was definitely the standard by which all else shall be judged. And uh, that album was from 1969. Yeah. Incredibly. And, mm-hmm. I actually, when I first heard them, I had no idea they were that old. I thought that they no, were... No, me neither. I thought they were mid-70s. Yeah, or, yeah. I thought they were way even newer than that. Oh, really? I, well, really? Right. yeah, I didn't discover them until, I don't know when, mm-hmm. uh, after 2000, for now, sure. And remind me, because... Like I said, I'm not like a huge King Crimson aficionado, but I do remember Robert Fripp was in that band before he tried to be a successful solo artist. Who's the other well-known musician that was in that band? Any idea? I'm going to find out. Okay. In in the meantime, I've picked one more album just for fun. Yeah. This band's name is Tad, and the album's name is Inhaler. And it... It's a band, um, metal grunge band uh, from the Northwest United States. <laughs> metal grunge. Oh, man. Uh, album came out in 93. And if you like metal music at all, like, not like uh, death metal or just you like heavy rock, this album is phenomenal. It's so, so good. I highly recommend it. Uh, just checking it out. It's a good thing, something I was going to say off the cuff about King Crimson, I didn't say it. Mm-hmm. Because whoever knows King Crimson would have gone, what a fucking dumbass. 
if I had actually said it out loud. What? Because I was about to say, yeah, King, King Crimson were about as influential a rock band as Emerson, Lake, and Palmer was. <laughs> Fucking Greg Lake was right. a King Crimson. <laughs> right. That's funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are the two most known musicians from the band. Incredible. Yeah. So that's an episode, I think. Yeah. Turn it off. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Bye. We gotta come up with our own cute closing, though. No, no, we don't. Just end. What? Yes, that's the cute closing. The episode is over now. I don't know why you're talking. End.